Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and I cannot wait to get started today. But before I do, I want to give a quick shout out to the amazing at All About Everly, who left a beautiful five star review and comment for me over on the iTunes podcast app. She says, Intense and funny, insightful and light. So many seemingly contradictory words, yet all of these perfectly sum up Danny's Mummy podcast. It's intense, covering issues that may need trigger warnings, but are incredibly helpful and healing for some women to listen to. It's funny because she's funny. It's insightful. Danny seems made for this as she perfectly crafts questions that bring out the best and most interesting insights from her guests. It's light in the way that it makes you feel happier by having listened. Congratulations, Danny. Your second baby is a winner. Can't wait to see what you achieve with the third. Thank you so much, lovely. I, well, look, I'll pay you later because that is such a fantastic review. I really appreciate such kind words. If you haven't done so already, please make sure that you jump on over to the iTunes podcast app and leave me a rating and a review. It makes a massive difference to the podcast being seen and it's a great tool to show other listeners know what they're in for. Now, today's episode is one of those ones that has a trigger warning. I'm about to delve deep into a conversation around domestic violence. So if this is something that's sensitive to you or you don't feel like you're prepared to listen, then maybe sit this one out. For the rest of you though, there is a lot of valuable advice and it's probably a great understanding of a topic that we just don't talk about enough. So how about we just get stuck into it? Today's mama is an absolute open book. She shares her life and her journey, her ups and her downs with lots of laughter and lots of serious points as well. I want to welcome today the beautiful Vanessa Haldane. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That was very nice. Oh, thank you. I mean, I could have said a lot more, but you know, I'll, I'll let you take the reins Please on some do. of this. No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. We've got your two beautiful children uh, sitting at our feet. Fair children. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was going to say, not normal children. We haven't shoved those on the cold concrete floor. Um, so if you do hear any background noise, that's just just our little friends getting excited but I think they're I think they're going to sleep now they've had enough yeah enough excitement now look you are joining me today to talk about something that's quite serious and Mm -hmm. um, I have put a warning on the episode that there is some sensitive content so we're going to get quite deep here you've been really open about this in the past and I think that it's such a vulnerable space to talk about Um, but we probably don't do it enough and I don't think there's enough understanding as much as there's maybe a little bit of light shed on it now we need to talk about it a bit more agreed and that would be domestic violence Mm -hmm. so let's start in your own words from the beginning what's your story where did it begin um for me I was quite young when it began um which was a shock in itself I was 14 when I met this man And the first time he physically assaulted me, I was 14. Um, And that was at school in front of my peers. Um, And I remember feeling just humiliated Um, and like I was nothing and that I obviously deserved it because no one did anything. Everyone just laughed and, um, yeah, I just felt pretty pretty crappy. Um, Over the span of time... um, he lowered my self-esteem. You don't realise that they're doing it. They're quite clever in how they do it. They make mm. you believe that the peop- that your friends 
are against you, um, that your family are no good for you, that the only person that will love you like they do is, is them. Um, so you become quite reliant on them. You end up alienated from everybody in your life except for them. Um, and then there's also something that a lot of people don't understand is that when the abuse is happening, with the, with the apology that comes afterwards and all the love that comes afterwards, you crave that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost look forward to it. Like, oh, he's hitting me. Yay, I'm, oh, I'm going to be loved soon. So um, there's the blame too where they say, if you didn't do this, I wouldn't do this. If, if you just did this or if you were just that little bit different or you push my buttons, it's always your fault. So you look at yourself and you think, well, okay, if, if I change, this will stop. Um, so you, you carry guilt and belief that it's your, it's your fault as well. Uh, so this did carry on until um, I was 19. Um, yeah. So it did stop for a little while. Um, I've, I actually had a baby with this man. Um, and during the pregnancy, he basically completely left me alone um, in all ways didn't give me any attention whatsoever and started um, sleeping with other women and things like that. So on the flip side, I was like, well, he doesn't love me anymore because he's not hitting me anymore. So he said he did it because he loved me and now he's not doing it and you you actually want them to, which is Mm. a really odd thing to say and not something most people would admit, but you almost want them to go back to what they were doing because that's how they showed that they loved you and then you got the love afterwards as the makeup. Um, but when they're just indifferent and you're getting nothing, you've, yeah, I think that's the most, most worthless I've, I've felt. And particularly for this, now he was the same age as you. Um, a year older. A year older. Yeah, a year yeah. and a bit older. So yeah. at 14 years old, mm-hmm. this is how you've been conditioned to love and yes. to a relationship in terms of, you know, probably your first serious relationship Definitely. with a partner excluding yeah. you know family friends etc at what point did you realize that this was not normal um I mean I, I did know that he shouldn't be hitting me mm. um when I was probably 15 um but I think it was my first relationship like I've only had two major relationships with him and with my current husband I haven't had any relationships really apart from that Mm. um so I didn't I didn't know I did know that when we were at school he wanted to be with me all the time and I didn't like that and I would say to him I just want to be able to spend recess or lunch with my friends can I just pick one to spend with my friends and then he didn't talk to me for two days and if you loved me you'd want to spend the time with me so I'd be like oh okay well I'll spend the time you know like it was my punishment he wouldn't he wouldn't talk to me or give me the silent treatment if I didn't do something um, that he approved of. Um, but I didn't know that that was abnormal. I'd never been in a relationship before. I didn't know what to expect. And I think I was so desperate to be loved and to feel worthy and I was looking for that worth from a male. I've done that a lot throughout my whole life. Um, and that stems from circumstances from when I was younger as well. I, I've sort of, I understand where it's all come from now, mm-hmm. but I didn't at the time. Yep. There was no insight at the time to understand why. I was searching for this, why I was allowing this to happen. Well, you're so young though too. You're so young and impressionable and I think teenage is is where you do your most growth because, Mm. you know, you're becoming a person, you're becoming an adult, you're learning and you're growing. There's so much brain development happening then too. Absolutely, yeah. Did you tell anybody about the abuse? No. So um, I didn't tell anybody. Um, There were people that were aware the first time, and I say this in inverted commas, that I told somebody was when I purposely went downstairs to make a hot water bottle. I lived in Melbourne, freezing winter, <laughs> and I came downstairs in summer pyjamas to make a hot water bottle, knowing that my dad would be in the kitchen and wanting him to see the bruises on my body. Um, I felt like he knew something was going on. So when he said to me, what are these bruises from? I said, well, what do you think they're from? You know, like, mm. you're, you know, don't you? Um, and he guessed straight away and um, marched me straight upstairs to mum. Mum took me aside. We talked about things. And that's talking to mum is when I realised I'd been raped. I didn't even know I'd been raped. Um, I was 15 when this happened. Um, I said to mum, if 
someone hits you until you say yes, it's not rape, is it? Because I've said yes. And, I mean, it's only rape if you, if you say no. And she's like, no, that's rape because you've been forced to say yes. And I didn't know. So they took me straight to the hospital. I had the rape kit done and um, morning after pill, all the STD checks, all that sort of stuff. I mean, I hadn't been with anyone else and neither had he at that stage. But, um, yeah, it was pretty traumatic. We was went this there. your first time having sex? The first time we had sex was not rape, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were many times after yeah. that there yeah. was. Which still doesn't make it okay. No, but no. my mum asked the same thing. Yeah. Was your first time forced? And I said no. I mean, to be honest, the first time didn't work. <laughs> long time it didn't happen <laughs> look at that that's one of those things that they don't tell you no. is that in the movies it's supposed to be romantic and it's beautiful not, and perfect. it's horrible no, and painful and it doesn't often work until like fourth or fifth or sixth time and even then it's horrid um and so incredibly awkward it's so Bless. awkward and horrible and embarrassing and yeah I wasn't ready let's be honest yeah. I was not ready yeah. I mean before him I think I'd only kissed one other boy wow. um I didn't know anything sexually what yeah. to do or I, I had no idea none he knew that though so yeah so mum and dad were great um they called the police got the police involved I remember mum being really angry because the police downplayed it and despite they, they have a diagram um of a woman and they mark on the body where there's bruises or cuts or anything and there was basically not a part of my body that wasn't marked in some way he didn't ever hit my face because he knew at that young age even that it needed to be hidden so it was all down the side of my arms top of my feet hands um head top of your feet top of my feet he used to punch the top of my feet so I wouldn't leave yeah I've got to interject here he he's come from abuse in his family because how do you learn that at at 15 years old how do you learn that as part of his um so we ended up going to court and he got a restraining order but we still went to the same school um he had different lunch times to everybody else so we wouldn't see each other but part of um his sentence I guess he didn't get a sentence but uh, he had to seek counselling and the counsellor told him that he had a sociopathic personality so I'm not sure if that's something that is born within someone or Mm. if it's come from the environment that they've been brought brought up in Um, I never saw physical abuse happen to him Mm -hmm. and I used to stay there a lot Um, his father was an alcoholic um, and the way he treated his father was disgusting um, he was more physical with his father than his father ever was with him. Wow. Yeah. Um, his father was only a little man. He was a big boy. Um, his mum left him um, and his sister with the dad. So right. I don't know if that's affected him or... Yeah. I mean, he still has a relationship with his mum. She still saw him. Um, but, yeah, I never saw... I saw him being physical with his dad, not the other way around. So it makes me think... Yeah. How did his family react when... Because that's a huge thing to go through. Have your child, someone's taken out a restraining order on them. Yeah. So my parents rang his dad um, that night, uh, woke him. I think it might have been one o'clock in the morning. Um, and they woke him and um, he just said he wanted nothing to do with it. He used to yell. He used to hear him hurting me and just bang on the door and say, pack it in. Pack it in, you too. While his Jeez. son was physically abusing me and I was yelling out for help. And he never helped me. Not once never opened the door so um so my parents were very very angry with him he did Mm. nothing there was Mm. no punishment for this man uh this boy I guess he was still a boy um there was no punishment for him the restraining order would be wiped from his record because he was only 16 so it doesn't at that time I don't know if the laws have changed but at that time it doesn't carry through to adulthood he would receive a suspended sentence later in life for um Similar things that he did to other women, um, but, yeah, no actual sentence. Um, And his mum, I don't recall anything. I don't know if they had anything to do with it. Um, As far as I know, they just made excuses for his behaviour. Yeah. um, And nothing, nothing was done. So, and then, of course, I went back to him. I broke the restraining order. Yeah, I just felt like I had no one because I went back to school and people had heard about it at school and they were angry at me so I had no friends no one and back in those days we didn't have mobile phones to just sit on and play with and pretend to be texting someone or you know um, I had nothing I used to get dropped off at school first um, so I was there before everyone my dad would drop me off on the way to work and then people would start arriving 
and no one would even say hi to me. I'd get dirty looks. Um, he was the king of the school. No one believed me. They thought I'd, I'd made it up. Wow. So, yeah, so no punishment for him whatsoever. He didn't lose any friends. He didn't lose his school. He didn't lose his family. He didn't get in any trouble except for the restraining order. So, so how long were you apart for before you went back? I can't even remember, to be honest. Mm. I can't even remember the time frame. Um, but I remember crying and mum said, what's wrong? And I said, I miss him. And she was so angry. Yeah. So, so angry at me. And being an adult parent now, I understand. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you miss this person? Yeah. Like, they're abusing you. So it was very frustrating for her. And I feel for them because I had suffered abuse as a child as well. And here we go again, you know. Um, so I felt guilty for that as well. Like, oh, I'm just such a burden, aren't I? Like, this shit keeps happening. Yeah, that was that was tough. And then, of course, they said to me... If, if you go back to him, like there's nothing we can do. So they they gave me the option to either stop seeing him and live at home or if I was going to see him, I'd have to, yeah, leave. So I left. How old were you at this point? 15 still. And when you went back to him, what was the circumstances? Was he... So loving. Yeah. So okay. loving and he'll he never was. hurt me again and... Um, Oh, I just remember feeling so loved and so wanted and so needed and he needed me, you know, and that was, I liked that. Mm. He needed me and he was going to be a better man and I was going to help him to be a better man. I'm a fixer, you know, I like to help people. Um, and people don't see that side of him that you see? and Not at all, not know, at all. Yep. I mean, I have since researched sociopathic personalities and, uh, I mean, he ticks every box. The whole, um, I think Ted Bundy was one with mm. that personality that everyone loved and he got along with people really well and he was a great husband. Not well, he wasn't that, but behind closed doors he was a completely different person. I remember one time after I had the baby, I was like, I've had enough, that's it, I'm leaving. And um, I walked away with the pram and he was crying and screaming, not my family, please, my family. And I just had a feeling. So I walked around the corner and then popped my head back over and he literally went, no, man, and stopped crying. Yep, and just walked inside. Yep, completely fake. Wow. Yep, I was just like, okay. <laughs> it's quite scary. Yeah, Terrifying. so, his, yeah, so yeah. he was very good at fooling. Every, he was a really good sports person. Um, the girls all loved him, thought he was really good looking and funny and he was really sporty so all the guys loved him and um, I was just this awkward, shy girl. Who should have been grateful to have him. Yeah, pretty right. much. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah. The baby yes. was, the, and, and I hate to say the baby, but without, yeah. you know, going into detail of your family. Yeah. Was it planned? No. 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 Not planned, um, but, I mean, we were having sex, weren't we? So yes. I think if you're not being careful, then, you know. I was over the moon, though. Mm. Hello. Something else to look to after love. and yeah. help and, you know. To be needed. Oh, it gave me purpose. Um, so I was heading down quite a bad path by then. Um, I if I hadn't fallen pregnant, I, I swear, she, like, she just t completely turned my life around. The second I saw those two lines, I was like, you're not going to touch me. You're not going to, like... I didn't let people smoke cigarettes anywhere near me. I used to cover my stomach even at like eight weeks pregnant. I'd like cover it up and I'd be like, she can smell it, get away. You're poisoning my child. I was just so paranoid and um, I was so sick and I was really happy though. I couldn't wait. I just, um, and I completely grew up. Yeah. What was his so, reaction to the pregnancy? Um, not happy, not sad. Um, I remember um, I, well, so I had had... At 16, I had had a miscarriage and um, his best friend took me to the ultrasound. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He'd gone to get his head shaved, I think. Okay. Yeah. Priorities. Yes. Yep. Um, so his friend took me and he was really awkward because he's only 16. Uh, he would have been 17, maybe 18 then. And he's like, oh, do you want a hug or what do you, you know? And oh. I told mum and dad and they were relieved, of course. So that was, that was hard. I was, I was upset. Um and then um, I got told that I wouldn't get pregnant because I'd had a miscarriage. I don't know who told me that. But anyway, I never got another period. So, wow. yeah, I had an ultrasound at eight weeks and there was a baby on there. And I was like, oh, so I didn't lose the baby? And they're like, no, this is a different one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh wow. okay, so young. Like, I didn't know. So I was 17 by then. Yeah. yeah. Were you still um, in communication with your parents during this time? Yes, but not, not much. Mm. Um, I always knew that they were there, mm. but when I told them, I didn't tell them until maybe I was 10 weeks pregnant. 
that I was pregnant and my mum's never yelled at me and she went off her banana at me um, and I and just told me to get the hell out of the house and I walked to the train station and caught the train home and then I'll never forget I hear a whistle and I look up and it's my dad and he said come on I'll drive you home um, so that it's usually dad that would yell at me and mum that would be quiet mm. but mum yelled and dad was like all right let me play good cop and you know, he just said, we're disappointed. And I yeah, I understand that. But then at the 12-week ultrasound, I turned up on mum's doorstep and said, I wanted to show you the pictures. And then that was fine. The reality was there's a baby in there now. Um, and then at the 20-week ultrasound, um, I went and I told her I was having a girl. And she said, oh, good, because I've got this all these clothes, <laughs> which was lovely. And it was all my old clothes. She really wanted me to have a girl because she didn't want me to have a boy like him. Yeah. She wanted me to have a girl so badly. And Um, that must be so horrible as a parent mm. to watch your child go through that and feel so powerless. Yeah. Well, I've got a 21-year-old. That that baby is now 21. Yeah, which still blows me away. Oh, my goodness. But she's making mistakes now. Oh, thank you. (laughs) She's making mistakes now. And I'm like, I've done this. What? No, stop. Yeah. Um, but she won't listen. It's hard. Yep. Um, so I've had to do the same sort of thing, like just sort of say, okay, I'm here. Yep. Um, and she calls me sometimes when she needs me and she knows I'm always here and it's unconditional love. Um, but she's said to me, please stop giving me advice. Like I just want to be able to come and see you and have a drink and a coffee and, um, and not have you lecture me all the time, which I get because my yep. mum used to do it too and I didn't want to see her. So, yep. yeah. Does she know? Everything that happened now, with her father? Uh, now, yeah. yes. Not the details. I don't. She doesn't like reading, so I don't know if she would have read my blog. Um, I never told her when she was little. That's mm. adult issues that children don't de- need to know about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and plus, I didn't know if he would have seen a therapist for 10 years and maybe he was a better person now. Um, and that if he ever did reach out to her, that she was free to make her own mm. choice. Um, but I never stopped him from seeing her, but he, he was having fortnightly visitations at McDonald's for two hours and he couldn't even make those. So I said to him, you're killing her. Um, you're just be either all in or all out. And I never heard from him again. So at what point did you actually finally leave him? Um, when Shay was about 18 months old. Okay. Yep. So I was 19. And what was the final catalyst for that? Um, I finally got him to admit that he was cheating on me um or had cheated on me I knew like I'm mm. I look back now I mean who goes for a walk for 12 hours and comes home smelling like salt uh, like soap with wet hair nobody <laughs> but you know if, oh, if he if he gave me an excuse like I've just gone for a walk that's what I wanted to hear yeah I wanted that to be true so of course, of course I believed it well I didn't believe it but I was just like okay good we can carry on now yep um, but yeah, my next door neighbor came over with her husband and her best friend to play board games and we were mucking around and it was great. And then, um, they all went back to their house for drinks and I was like, no, I'm going to stay here with Shaylee. That's okay. We all know who she is. <laughs> stay here with, um, Shaylee. She's asleep. So, um, and he just met this woman and yeah, he slept with her on my next door neighbor's couch while they went to bed. So he clearly had done this a lot. Yes. Um, yep. And I lied to him. I said, because we were due to get married in four months, and I lied to him and I said, if you tell me the truth, we'll still get married. Um, but if you lie to me, this is done. And so he just said, yeah, okay, I had sex with her. And I was cooking steak and I just walked away from it and hopped in the car with Shaylee and just left. Mm. And, um, yeah, I went to a friend's house, rang my parents, and they said, what do you need from us? We're so glad this has happened. Mm. What do you need from us? And um, I just said, I just need your support. And once he was out of the picture, oh, I remember doing my food shopping. Like it was a struggle financially. And mum would turn up and come along with her trolley. Be like, oh, what are you getting? And she's like, oh, nothing. And then she'd drop it off at my house. And I'd be like, oh, I thought that was for you. And she's like, no. She would get me things like Kit Kat um, razors because I couldn't, I was like, I will not shave my legs if that means my baby can't eat. You know, like uh, there was no way I was going to waste money on razors or deodorant or, you know, things like that. Um, 
so that's what she would do up a little trolley and oh, yeah love your mom yeah yeah her. they were great parents and I you know there's a lot of things I'm sure they could have done differently but can't we all like it's all mm. you learn as you go with parenting oh and nobody nobody gives you a manual for no. it and particularly something like that and it's such oh, daughter a daughter being abused chapter five page <laughs> 103 oh here's what we do Brian like no <laughs> but particularly as a teenager and I imagine that you would have got probably not as much support as you would of if you were an adult going through it because people didn't get any support really I mean I knew my parents were there but I had no friends people People were angry at me yeah because they don't see it for what it is they see it as oh you're being a stupid teenager yeah and and you're lying yeah you're being dramatic and you're lying it would have been great if he'd admitted it that Mm. would have you know but no isn't it funny though that it, it got to the point where you needed to find out that he was cheating I needed him to, to give you yes. that permission I know. to leave. Yeah. Do you feel like you were trying to build to that point in strengthening yourself enough to leave prior to that or it was still Yeah, was I think I developed a bit of independence. As I said, he'd sort of left me alone after Shaylee was born. He never shown any signs of ever hurting her. Um, I mean, look, he wasn't the most present father. Mm. Um, he was off partying and playing footy and doing all that, which suited me fine, to be honest. The less time I spent with him, the better. Mm. Um, I tried to play happy families, but... Um, yeah, he just, he was so indifferent. So I started, I got back into modeling. Um, I started working at, um, car shows and Grand Prix and things like that. Um, so I had a little bit of my own income, um, started getting back into acting a little bit and that felt good. I felt like, and I started making friends then. So Mm. that was nice. Not many, but, um, yeah, I had a sense of independence, I think, and sort of a little bit more discovering, um, who I was. I had a mother's group too all older women who were so embracing of me even at you know 17 oh, 18 how yeah, yeah so they still invited me to everything and um yeah so that was great so i think there was strength from that mm. that came um afterwards i'm not going to pretend that i didn't want him back because i felt lost but yeah i just stayed strong i remember i had shaylee in my arms i'd been um we'd been i think i just bathed her and we lived in a little unit and i looked at the two bedrooms mine and hers with their name on the door and i just was like yeah this is us we don't need anyone else mm. and it's just stayed in my memory that moment um but yeah so so what was life like afterwards did you receive help did you kind of just try and soldier on on your own what did that um, look like I mean, mum and dad were great. Um, I, I didn't take me long to meet Dwayne. I didn't want to meet anyone. Um, but I met him maybe four and a half months after. Wow. So, yeah, I didn't realise it was so to. soon. Yep. Yeah. Did. I was not interested whatsoever. I didn't want to meet anybody. Um, the night that I met him, I don't know what happened, but I've never, ever felt that impact How did you meet? Um, through a friend of his, so with my next-door neighbour, not the one you know (laughs) the other side (laughs) but we were all because at that time Stuart was living with his mother so um Shayla used to go for visitation okay and um I would have my every second weekend free so I was like oh I can be a bit of a teenager I can go partying I can go to nightclubs so I started experiencing that oh gosh that's funny (laughs) had no idea how to dance or anything because I'd never done it like no idea such a dork I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people at nightclubs that don't know how to dance (laughs) pretty sure that's still happening today um and um yeah this this guy um brought his friend which was Dwayne my husband and um, I don't believe in love at first sight, but it was definitely lust at first sight. The second I saw him, I was like, I'm having you, pal. <laughs> I mean, he is a dreamboat. Oh, he my is. gosh. And, oh, just so gorgeous. And he was so arrogant, which I hate. Um, but, yeah, he was just like, I don't know what happened. And we've just been together ever since. So, which was amazing. Wow. But following that, Stuart did hit me after we broke up. So that started happening again. Um how how well he would come over to talk about things Shaylee would be in bed um and then he would get physical with me um and yeah the non-consensual things were starting to happen again and um yeah I remember just I just wanted him away from me so I said you're just a really shit dad um and it's the first time he'd ever backhanded me in the face and I was like, oh, wow, because I got told at 15 when I went to the hospital, he'll, he'll kill you. So the police played this down, by the way. They said this isn't even a bad case. Mum was furious. 
I said she hasn't got black eyes or broken bones or anything. And the nurse had said that if he kicked me any harder in my sternum, I would have been dead. So, um, but so it's I th- not not a bad case. But it's not a bad case yeah. because I'm not covered in blood and sure. bruises and yeah, it was a it was a daily thing mm-hmm. um, where there were lots of little bruises all the time. Um, but but yeah, so after that, I made sure that I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he came to pick her up for visitation, I'd make sure I either met him out the front. Um, or that people were present. So, yeah, yeah. And at what point did you talk to Dwayne about what you'd just been through? Immediately. Yeah, yeah. Because if um, if he was going to be a part of my life, once we decided we were a couple, um, I told him straight away because yeah. obviously he knew I had a kid, mm. um, and he needed to understand what the circumstances were. He was great. He um, he was respectful of him being Shaylee's biological. Um, father, so didn't cause any trouble, which was, Dwayne was only 19, uh, 20 at the time, so it was pretty mature. And yeah. one time when Stuart did come to pick her up, I didn't, I didn't want him to take her. Um, something was just off. I didn't feel, I said, please like, take her to your mum's, but don't take her where you're living now. Um, I'm, I'm just not comfortable. And um, he raised his fist in front of, um, Dwayne was there and Dwayne's friend, and he was sitting on the bench, Dwayne, and he did hop off. He was ready, but he lowered his fist and he sat back up on the bench. Like he was ready to protect me, but he didn't cause a scene. Shaylee was there. He wasn't going to, you know, do anything. But gosh, when I think back to that, it was just horrific. I just wanted him to go away and leave us alone. Yeah. Um, so my baby wouldn't have to be, but yeah. And they have no contact now? Um, so she reached out to him okay. um, via Facebook and she has met him. Um, she didn't feel comfortable. She yeah. felt a vibe from him. Um, not based off anything I'd said because the only thing I said to her was just please be careful. Yeah. Um, do you want me to come even though I don't want to see him? So, but yeah, she's pretty switched on, I think. Mm. So I think they still talk via messenger, but she's met him, uh, once and that's Mm. good enough for her. Yeah. 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 It's probably good for her to have that closure in a sense instead of you know there's a potential that she could have idolized him and particularly when you don't talk about the reality of the relationship which I think I actually think is important particularly as they're growing up you know no no child needs that burden no but yeah for her to have an understanding of who he actually is is terrifying well I think probably a good thing I think she'd imagined this dream relationship Mm. where Dwayne she started calling dad um almost immediately and he would correct her for a little while but she started calling her biological dad by his name um and Dwayne dad and there was nothing we could do like Mm. you know even she recognized who her dad was yeah um and even when her biological dad would come for pickups he'd be like what is she saying and Dwayne would say she's saying drink like because he understood her little toddler language yeah um so yeah she had a great relationship with Dwayne and he loved her so 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 much but there's obviously that knowledge that this person is not biologically my father. There's someone out there who is, and I understand why she wanted to explore that. But I think she expected some sort of dream feeling when she met him, that a piece of the puzzle was finally, yeah, mm. she didn't get that. Mm. Well, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. he made the bed and now yeah. he needs to lie in it. Yeah, so it's, it's a shame. It's, it's There's issues for her that have been caused from mm, uh, abandonment issues for her, which is sad. Um and I hate him for that. But then again, I'd probably hate him if he'd stayed in her life and kept disappointing her and Absolutely. Yeah, not turning up to things. And like one time at Easter, he said he'd come past and make sure you leave a basket at the door because I'm going to drop off eggs. And she was checking and checking and checking and it never happened. And um, my husband um, ran around the back, went around the front, popped the eggs in the basket. And then she was like, he came, he came. Oh, God. And we didn't care if that he got credit for something he didn't do. Yeah. We just wanted her to think that he'd done it and not let her down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Because that's that's the thing you do, right? As a parent, 100%. you put their needs ahead of your own. Yeah. Look at Santa. We don't get credit for that yeah. crap, do we? <laughs> that's so true. It cost me a fortune. <laughs> Bloody Santa. <laughs> and how is your relationship with Dwayne? Do you feel like what you'd been through hindered your ability to open up and to trust him? Oh, yes, definitely. So I expected him to hit me, which um, I didn't realise until later that that I just expected it so much. Mm. 
And um, I remember one stage we were just having a little argument about something. He doesn't yell, he doesn't push, he doesn't do anything. And I started pushing him and I, because I wanted him to hit me so I could go, yep, he's just one of them and get rid of him. Or, um, But he didn't. And, I, and, and from then on, it's been great. Like I was like, okay, you can stop trying to make things happen that are not going to happen now. Yeah. Um, but I didn't believe that he wouldn't. Mm. So, but he's never been violent, even in the slightest. He's never pushed me. He's never done anything. We don't even yell when we argue. So, complete opposite. Did yeah. you actually speak to anybody about what you've been through, a psychologist or a counsellor? So, I started seeing a psychologist when I was eight, after what had happened when I was younger, um, and did that for a few years. And then um, I did seek some more counselling later on in life. Um, but yeah, for all sorts of various things, not just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it helped? Um, I, I will assume that it has um, mm. because it's led me to where I am now where I feel like I've got insight and understanding of why my life went down the path that it did following circumstances in my life. Um, it all makes sense to me now. Um, I'm actually studying counselling now because I want to help other women and I'm learning so much and recognising so much in the study like oh that's why Mm. yes of course developmental delays and you know all of this sort of stuff because this happened and yeah it's amazing to learn um and my uh Shaylee has been seeing a psychologist since she was little as well just because I wanted her to you know have someone to talk to about those abandonment issues and um she recognizes things in that as well and talking to her psychologist about what the brain goes through as a teenager it actually is like a toddler again Mm. um relearning and growing and yeah little branches she described it like a tree and um the brain is like a tree and when you're a teenager you're growing new leaves and things like you do as a toddler yeah yeah there's so much the brain is doing and we've got school and we've got relationships and we've got all this sort of stuff that we're trying to deal with as well throw a baby in there let's get pregnant you know like no wonder oh and it's such an evolution without mm. all of that you know exactly. so that's a lot to take in yeah what advice would you give to someone who's in that situation uh, whether they want to get out or, or just advice from what you've learned um I think there's so much more available to us now with mm. social media with um online places to be able to go um I would just reach out to anyone just reach out tell someone what is happening because someone needs to know and I mean my advice would always be get the hell out of there Mm. um and as I said with social media and exposure to um companies and organizations that can help women now that wasn't available when I was younger when I first left him I had help from um, the Salvation Army for example when I was struggling a little bit but um, and they they provided free counselling actually, but that was all that was available. There were no charities like Baby Give Back or White Ribbon or none of that was around. Butterfly Foundation for yeah, mm. um, helplines. There might have been a helpline, but you had to get to a proper phone. Like you couldn't yeah. Whereas I think the White Ribbon, I, th- I think that's been temporarily closed down, unfortunately that charity. But they had on their website um, a quick home button that would take you to a web page that looked nothing like what you were just on trying to seek help. Ah. So if your partner walked into the room, there's the um, women and pets and children um, sanctuary as well, which takes women now. Yeah, so there's a lot more available, I think. You've just got to reach out and someone will be able to point them in the right direction. But don't ever think that it's your fault. There's absolutely nothing that you could do to make someone abuse you physically, mentally, sexually, uh, and a lot of it is mental, and that's mm. why you don't realise it's happening. So, mm. yeah. And it's interesting when you go through such a trauma like that, just how long it does take to heal. And I think a lot of people will make the assumption that, well, well, when you're out, it's done, right? You know, you can move on. It's You're not there anymore. You're not getting hit. But it's the damage that's been done over such an extensive so period damage. of time. And it's taken until – so I – got out of that at 19 and I'm 39 now so we're talking 20 years two decades and I finally feel like I've found love for myself Mm. and some self-worth at 39 so it's been 20 years and a lot happened after that I developed an eating disorder anxiety um yeah I 
I only valued myself based on the opinions of men. And so, yeah, it was pretty, pretty tough. Um, but my thing now is that this is where I've ended up. This mm. is, I have so much love for myself now and I know that I'm worthy and that I didn't deserve any of that, but that's all led me here. And that's what I want to help women do now mm. because no one helped me get here. Um, but I think with the social media platforms we have now, we have that opportunity to be able to help other people from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, you can say whatever you want about social media, but there is a lot of power in it and there's a lot there's of value so much in power it. in it. It's a way of the future. I mean, you 100%. know, um, yep. and it's not just people think it's all just selfies and, um, you know, influences and things like that, but it's, <laughs> it's so not, um, yep. it is for me, it's a way to talk about, um, the things that I've been through as a form of therapy and then also know that maybe I'm helping one other person and the people that I talk with, I've developed friendships and relationships with people on social media. And yes, I haven't met them in real life, but it doesn't actually matter. Mm. Um, we've got this amazing community of women on, um, my little page that sometimes they might not like a photo. Sometimes they don't even follow me, but they message me still, Yeah, you know, and we still talk. And yeah, I think, with the whole social media thing, everyone gets so caught up in likes and follows and all that sort of stuff. And yes, it's great to have the follows because that means more people are getting your message and more people are going to be benefiting from what you've got to offer. But again, um, there's people that don't necessarily follow you, but follow you. You yeah. know what I mean? They yeah. might not click the button, but they're hearing what you've got to say. Absolutely. And that's what I just yep. hang on to that maybe, you know, it's not always going to hit the mark with everyone. Um, but I know with the eating disorder, when I talk about that a lot, uh, I get a lot of messages like, um, I think I have an eating disorder. What you've said describes me. Mm. And I'll be like, look, if you think you've got a disordered pattern with eating, you probably do. And, you know, I want you to go visit your GP. And then they do. And then they message me and they let me know what their plan is. And it just feels bloody amazing yep. um, to know that, yeah, whilst it might not cure them or anything, you've opened up their mind that little bit to be like, a, you know, wow, light bulb. Absolutely. I yeah. think, and I talk about this a lot, but there's such a power, such a strength in vulnerability mm-hmm. and just making sure that other people are aware that you're not alone in mm-hmm. these issues and that, you know, you're not the only person going through it and it is not always normal per se, yeah. but it's not just happening to you and there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Because sometimes it can be really hard to see that when you're in the midst of it. It really is. Like, I mean, even when I had, um, well, I still do have my eating disorder. It's always going to be there. Um, but I remember, oh, but mine's different. Like there are other people with anorexia and bulimia, but mm. mine's mine's different, you know? Like mm. no one has what I've got. That's what you feel like. like yeah. So, yeah, there is that sense that you're alone and from my eating disorder started from stomach issues not from wanting to lose weight and when I said that I had 10 messages that night going oh my gosh I do that and it's because of my stomach and now wow okay and yeah Yeah. so I wasn't alone there are lots of other people who have triggered an eating disorder from tummy issues or yeah which Mm. was a surprise to me yeah scary what kind of Things that you can open up once you start to talk about things. Yeah. Now, you are a mother yes. again. Uh, you have a beautiful little girl who yes. is just... I've got three girls, actually, in total. She's... Oh, you do too. Mm. Oh, my God. That's okay. Really... They don't like to be um, well, featured that's... on the gram. <laughs> that's um, what I've been conscious about. So, saying, Dwayne, well, Dwayne and I had um, Kaya <laughs> yes. um, in 2001. And then we've got little Kalani. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who everyone just assumes that Dwayne and I have just met and we've had this baby. And we're like, no, we had that one too, like yeah. 18 years ago. <laughs> She's just a bit quieter. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't do crazy gymnastics everywhere. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so you obviously have had an evolution of motherhood. Yes. And one of the things that I um, am very passionate about is making sure that you find time for yourself outside mm-hmm. of motherhood. Because it can be really easy to get lost in all of that. What is it that you do to connect with the Vanessa pre-children and I know that that was a bumpy road for you but well I didn't really have a Vanessa pre-children so Mm. I hear people talk about this a lot like what did you do before children I was like hmm before children I was 16 so yeah (laughs) (laughs) inspector gadget um (laughs) yeah like I don't know I didn't do much but every time I think I've struggled after I've had my children um 
with I, I, I found my identity in motherhood. Mm. Like I felt like all I ever wanted to was to be a mum, an actress and a mum. So I'm a better mum than I am an actress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they is need any, Oscars for that. <laughs> if there's any agents listening though, uh, please disregard that last um, Please don't ask for an audition. Just give yeah. me a role. I promise I'll deliver. <laughs> I'll be great. I'll That's be great. Weird. Please make it a comedy. Um, um, yeah, so I felt like my identity was in that. And then with Kalani, it was a little bit different because the girls were older. And then once mm. I had her, I'd been working full time. I was a regional manager in retail. Um that was the opposite. I was like, whoa, who am I now? Like, I'm just a milk machine. I just want some time back for me. So for me, that was, um, I started my own business. Um, I love to work, but I didn't want to leave her. Um, so I started my own business and, um, the gym, the gym is massive for me. We, we went to, uh, I went to a minding her business event and we had to ask the person next to us three things that we couldn't live without. And the gym was one of them. I don't Mm. think I survived. It's yeah. It's my me time. It pushes me to places. Well, I like to push myself to places where I think I can't do any anymore. I can't possibly run any further and just keep going. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with my past as well. Yeah. Just seeing how far I can push myself and you can do this. Look at everything you've been through. You can do this. Which sounds so stupid because it's just a workout. But I tell you what... Mm. Some of them are pretty taxing on the old heart and lungs and you think you might die, okay? I passed out on the bike once. Oh, God. I did. I fell off and passed down. You're such an overachiever. I know. It's like, just key. Oh, but it's such an outlet, you know, yep. work, working Endorphins out. Flowing. However that looks like to you, you know, going for a walk or going to CrossFit or going to Pilates, whatever the case is, it's a mental and a physical outlet for you and you know I think we underestimate the power of that and when I ask that question a lot of people have the same response well I think it's for me I want to show my body respect and love now Mm. um I've had it being abused or I've abused it myself in so many ways and focused so much on how I looked as opposed to what my body can do for me Mm. um so I'm showing it that respect by feeding it nutritious food by um taking it to the gym and making sure my heart is good and working and it's not look I'm not going to lie and pretend I don't care about the way I look I do I am wearing makeup right now yeah in my gym gear, I added a little bit just for you. Um, oh, thanks, doll. But, you know, I don't quite do the housework in the heels, but <laughs> wouldn't put it past me. Um, like, I like to be presented well. Yeah. Um, I like to feel attractive. That's all fine, but it's not my sole purpose anymore. Mm. I don't go to the gym to rip up and look um, like a fitness model. I go to the gym to keep those organs happy and healthy and yeah, and mm. my mind as well. And what an amazing thing for your girls to see as well. Yeah, that's um, on my mind a lot because mm. um, obviously, especially Shay and Kaya, my eating disorder was in their prevalent years and I I hid it quite well, I thought. Um, but I'm sure, mm. yeah, this is what I talk about now is much more beneficial to them than my secret eating behaviours of the past. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, well, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Always, and if you yeah. can share your experiences, then that can make a massive yeah. difference. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for, for opening me. up and being so vulnerable because, you know, you can discuss these kind of topics or you can write about it in a blog where you're in control, but having someone ask and poke and prod into your past yeah. um, can be really difficult. So thank you so thank much. You. I have no doubt thank that you it's for having so me. much value. I will pop all of Vanessa's details in the show notes so that you can follow along more of her journey. But thank you again for having thank us. Thank you. <laughs> wow, what an incredible story. And I think that it's just testament to Vanessa how far she has come in terms of what she's overcome and the transition that she's had to deal with, with not only experiencing domestic violence, but a lot of other traumatic events in her life. So I cannot thank her enough for coming on and sharing her story and being so incredibly vulnerable. I have no doubt that would have helped many people because sadly, domestic violence is something that occurs on a regular basis, particularly here in Australia. So there are a few things that I took away from today's discussion and the first being probably the most obvious that domestic violence does not discriminate. It doesn't matter about your age, your race, your circumstances. It can happen to anybody and it's a really real thing that occurs in our society, even if a lot of the times it's behind closed doors. 
There are also a lot of feelings associated with it, as Vanessa spoke of. There's guilt, hurt, love, fear, all of which are very contradictory, and it's difficult to understand when you're not in that circumstance. I think this is a key message for us to understand and take away is that when you're not the one going through it, it can be really difficult to comprehend how they would tolerate such behavior, but it's all a mental game as well. So please be conscious if you are trying to support someone going through it, that there's a lot of things that they're going through. There are so many outlets for help. So as Vanessa said, it's important to tell someone what is happening if you are experiencing domestic violence. And her advice is to just get out of there, as difficult as it may be. Don't ever think that it's your fault. Nothing you could ever do would justify those types of actions and you never deserve to be treated like that. I cannot stress this message enough and I think it's really important to take this on board regardless of your circumstance if it is something that you're going through. As Vanessa touched on, there are a number of outlets that you can reach out to for help. White Ribbon and Lifeline are two of the major ones who deal with domestic violence here in Australia, but there's a number of other institutions who can help through support financially, mentally, and just helping you escape that situation. Also, if you haven't heard of the incredible charity on the Gold Coast called Baby Give Back, this is crucial for any mothers who are struggling or need to escape. They offer amazing services and products to help support you and your child. So please reach out to them if you need. And on the flip side, if you have been looking to donate your time or donate baby goods or children's goods, please make sure you reach out to this charity. The girls are just incredible um, and it's Baby Give Back, which is located on the Gold Coast. I'll also pop their details in the show notes so that you can reference them. Now, before we wrap up today, I want to give a quick shout out to username at Alexa Kid, who tagged me in this week's The Me Before Mummy post. It's a shot of her going to get her hair done in peace and quiet while her hubby looks after the kids. Thanks, girlfriend. I love that you're taking some time for yourself and investing in your self-care. It's really important to do it while we can. And all of those little things just help you go back to that time when you had the freedom to invest in yourself without the guilt and without the preparation. So if you would like to do the same, you can jump on over to Instagram and tag myself at Mummy Republic and use the hashtag the me before mummy in one of your posts or your stories to show me what it is that you do to reconnect with yourself pre-children. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.